Hello once again, Nailers fans, and welcome in to another edition of the Wheeling Nailers Power Hour, presented to you by the 19th Hole. The Nailers had a very fun weekend last week as they took two out of three games against the Utah Grizzlies. Some good wins for the club, a 5-2 victory on Friday night and then a 6-1 win on Sunday afternoon, which got ended with a little bit of fireworks, and we're certainly going to dive into that as we go along in this week's show. Coming up this week, the team will be on the road for three games. They'll be at Indy on Wednesday and then at Fort Wayne on Friday and Saturday, but they'll be right back in town the following week for three games against those same two clubs. The Fuel will be in on Tuesday, March the 9th, and then Friday, Saturday, both against the Fort Wayne Comets, including St. Hattrick's Day, with a really neat hat giveaway on the Saturday night. You can get your tickets by visiting wheelingnailers.com or by calling 304-234-GOAL. That's 304-234-4625. All right, it's time to introduce my two guests for this week, and they are two players who have certainly gotten some attention on social media in the last few days and for good reason, too. We have goaltender Francois Brassard and defenseman Adam Smith. And Brass, we'll start out with you. That was a really fun weekend to be a part of. Obviously, there was a lot of attention around this team, but how good does it feel to be able to get those couple of victories and really start to feel like you're coming together as a team? Uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it was good. I mean, we were starting to get together as a group, and I think we've been playing some good hockey. Um, we haven't been getting the results we wanted as of late, but I think this weekend proves that we're a team that should be taken seriously. And I think uh, you know the boys coming together for the for the final game on the weekend. I think it just brought our morale up a little bit, and hopefully we can take it through this week. Adam, what have you noticed about this team over the last few weeks and being able to have the success it has, particularly at home, where you guys have had four wins in the last couple of weeks at West Banco Arena? Uh, yeah, at home we've been great. Um, I think one thing I've noticed with this team is, is that we've been in every game, and um, th those games that haven't gone our way have just been a couple little mistakes and a couple details that um, where if we're on the other side of it, uh, we could have got the win. So um, but what you're saying with, with playing at home, I think we got a great atmosphere here, and, and we got a great group and a great setup, and um, it's, it's, we get really excited to play at home. All right, let's dive into the Sunday game because that was definitely the highlight of the weekend for pretty much everybody that was involved. And, I mean, we can't look past what happened with less than 10 seconds to go in the third period. Brass, you get involved. You have the goalie fight, and it's had over 300,000 views on the Naylor social media. Barstool Sports picked it up. What's your phone been like the last couple of days? I, I haven't started blowing up since uh, I think everyone's tagging me in those videos. And uh, every time it gets posted, I get a guy sent to me and I get tagged in it. And I think, uh, I don't know, it's been, it's been pretty funny to kind of look back at it. Um, obviously, it's a kind of a once-in-a-lifetime uh, experience getting to a goalie fight and uh, just uh, something to check off the bucket list there. <laughs> you were saying after the game that you had never done that before and you had kind of actually had a dream that you were potentially yeah. going to run into a situation <laughs> like that. So tell me how it all happened, uh, you know, from kind of just how it all fell into place as well as it did. Yeah, actually, uh, I saw my buddy Bennington the night before kind of get rowdy and then uh, must have been on my mind because I had a dream. Yeah, actually, the night before, I had a dream I was getting into a goalie fight. So, uh, And then I saw the other goalie stepped up and I kind of I knew what I had to do. And uh, I mean, it's it's something uh, we didn't we didn't really appreciate how they they played the last you know period of the game and they were kind of getting rattled and going after Vladdy there. And I think 
it, it just kind of showed how tight of a group we are, how everyone got, got involved at the end. I think all five guys on the ice were kind of going, and, uh, you know, I saw the goalie <laughs> get up there and ask for it, so I knew what I had to do. <laughs> do were you, did you have a plan going into the fight? Did you know how you were going to throw against him? What was that like for you? Uh, no, I actually had no idea what to do out there. And I, I mean, like, I, never, I never got into a fight in my whole life, so I think I was just kind of show up in the middle and I think I was just trying to look as, as intimidating as I could be and and uh, he definitely looked a little scared so I kind of took advantage <laughs> of it. Adam, you were on the bench and I oh. think your reaction is one that a lot of people have noticed over the last couple of days and uh, my reaction hasn't gone out on social media yet. That's going to be an interesting time if and when it happens to but uh, a lot of people noticed that you were banging the stick and jumping up and down. Uh, how much fun was it to watch from a player's standpoint? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm so a little upset that I changed 10 seconds before all that happened but uh, <laughs> uh, I think at first I was just banging my stick on the boards as loud as I could so trying to pump brass up but I don't, I don't think he, he could hear me and then after uh, after they started throwing them, I I don't know. I got a little bit too excited there and <laughs> and started jumping up and down. But yeah, I've had a lot of people being like, "What are you doing on the bench?" But it's uh, it was just kind of in the moment. I was I was real happy and proud of my teammates. Did it take a little bit for people to figure out that it was you, or or people kind of gotten that right away that yeah, that was that was you doing that on the right side there? Uh, a little bit of both. A little bit of both. The guys thought it was pretty funny after the game when we were all when we were all hanging out at the at the lofts and uh, yeah, just some good laughs, I guess. So all that happens. It's very late in the game in a game that you guys are controlling. So you're obviously happy to get a big win like that, but the emotion had to have been off the charts. What was it like when you guys got back in the locker room? Were our guys all yelling at each <laughs> other like, "How about that, boys? Can you believe that?" Like, what was the atmosphere like in the room? Uh, it was pretty electric. I think we were all like, uh, "I got, I got in there first, and I was just kind of waiting around to see all the guys come one by one." And uh, Wardley showed up. His hands are all bloody. He's like, yeah, like we had a good fight. Like everyone's still fighting out there. They're still trying to figure out what what happened and who's getting, who's getting penalties and whatnot. And all the guys kept coming one by one. So we just kind of waited for the clock to go the, ni- the last nine seconds, and then all the boys coming in. And it was pretty fun. Did the guys who weren't playing, who were on the glass, come in too? Because I know that they were all rowdy during it as well. Yeah, they were all uh, kind of in that just inside that tunnel that we come out of. Uh, they're all there, super excited and, and fist bumping and, and a lot of smiles flying around. That's awesome. What an experience to be a part of. Was it, uh, was it everything it could have possibly lived up to? Uh, yeah, I don't <laughs> think that game could have been any better for us. Um, I mean, we had a, our penalty kill was a lot better. And then every day I think we get better in, in that aspect of things. And I think uh, obviously scoring six goals at home was, was pretty lights out for us. We've been you know, struggling a little bit, getting, getting our points, and guys are getting a little bit frustrating. So I think uh, – opening up the floodgates like that at, uh, at home and we had a big a good crowd and it was pretty loud in, in the building definitely the loudest I, i've ever heard it um, this year um even with all the restrictions and all that i think it was pretty loud and uh it was clear that we we had a good game and we were pretty fired up to have that happen at home adam you had a pretty big game on friday too you had an assist you were a plus three i mean those have got to be some nice numbers for the stat page yeah, it was good. Um, I think I was out there for the first five goals of the game, so uh, <laughs> two against, and then and then the three four. So um, no, it was just good. It was good that uh, we started scoring it, and, and we're kind of finding our mojo a little bit out there, and and getting over that hump of uh, struggling to score goals. So it's good for the team. 
is it a little bit weird this year because now we're into March, which you're usually going into the playoff race at this time, and you're not even halfway through the season yet. What does that feel like at this point in time? Um, it's definitely a little, a little different. Um, I mean, for me, I just kind of showed up two weeks ago, and I just got the ball rolling. So, I mean, for me, it still feels like it's a fresh season, and then uh, I know it's been going on a little bit longer for, for the guys, but, uh, I mean, we're still having fun at the rink every day, so I think it's pretty pretty easy to find the motivation you played in warm weather last year in florida so i mean that had to been nice but you also have to be looking forward to a couple of months from now and knowing that it's going to be nice and bright sunshine as we try and finish up the regular season and make the push to the playoffs yeah i mean i'm i'm from uh north of toronto so i'm used to the cold weather and and it's a lot colder back home where uh where my folks are so um I, I like the cold, and I, I got nothing wrong with it. Florida was a little bit too hot for me, to be honest. Let's talk about how both of you guys got here, because you were both in progress of the season when you first strapped on the Nailers uniform. So for you, Adam, you played in Florida last year. You were contracted through the Milwaukee organization with Nashville. So how did things go this summer and then as the season started, and ultimately you find yourself here in Wheeling? Um, I think for for a lot of the guys too, um, it, things were pretty stagnant over the summer with with teams not sure how how the season and if the season was gonna was gonna commence. And um, I was at home just waiting for my agent to kind of give me the nod which ways like what what's happening. And um, like I said, there there wasn't much going on over the off season. So um, I'd actually decided to sign with Toledo um, probably just before Christmas. And then uh, we got the news that, that they were opting out. So then I was kind of back to square one and getting things figured out. I can't tell you how downing this is for me. Every time I see a guy and I think, all right, he's been a great addition and we're going to be all set going forward. <laughs> and then I come to find out, as we have the rules the other week, that your rights are now going to be owned by another team. So I guess we'll have to capitalize on you while we got you here. And then maybe <laughs> we try and wheel and deal with the Dan Watson during the summer to try and keep you around. It's the same thing with Marino with Idaho and Wardley with Idaho. But mm-hmm. you know, obviously we're very excited to have you here and you've been exciting to watch while you've been here. So this has been fun. Yeah, I, I'm really enjoying it here. It's good. We're a really good group, too, so it's a lot of fun. Brass, for you, you're an AHL contract with Hartford, so you knew that you were in good shape, that you were going to have an organization to play with, but then Maine doesn't play this year, so all of a sudden now there's a lot of different question marks probably going through your head. What was that process like? How much were you involved, and how did you find out that they were going to be sending you here to Wheeling? Uh, I mean, it was. It kind of happened really quick. Uh, I was at camp in Hartford, and um, I was I was told I was going to be there as a third guy, and then it ended up having uh, Connor Garrett there, who was uh, he's 18 or 19 years old, so he's supposed to go back to juniors. But the, as he was still there, we were four goalies. So um, I mean, I'm I'm thankful I got the opportunity to go uh, somewhere and play games. Right? Um, kind of just happened uh, at practice they told me after practice they were looking for an east coast team for me to go play some games so i was kind of excited to go play some games and uh didn't know where it was yet and sure enough an hour later they're like you're off to wheeling and you had a flight in a few hours so i had to pack up real quick and get going you and i talked about this last week on your profile which aired on tv and radio about how there's a nice connection between maine and wheeling how your head coach there was Riley Armstrong, and he was an assistant coach here. Did that make the transition a little bit easier as you're trying to learn about a new place and kind of figure out where you're going? 
Yeah, I mean, Riley gave me a call right away, and uh, he's he's been talking about the wheel for forever, even though last year, uh, we visited one, once last year, we played a game here, and uh, he's always excited to come to the wheel, and uh, he's actually texting me, he's going to come visit uh, in, the, in the next month, so uh, he's he's all fired up for me to come, come play in the wheel, and uh, I, I knew uh, Army as well, he... Uh, he was up in Maine. He knew a couple of the same buddies that I knew last year. So I actually met him during the season last year. And so he texted me right away too. And so, yeah, it made it pretty pretty exciting to show up and uh, get into that group right away. I don't think I've told you this. I'm from Maine, actually. Grew up in the Portland area. So how'd you like it up there? Oh, Portland's a great town. Um, I mean, it's definitely uh, on the East Coast. It's definitely one of the best towns out there. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I told everybody it's it's a great place to go visit for a weekend. Uh, there's always something to do and uh, having the rink right downtown and in the old port there is, is something pretty special where you can go you know go eat somewhere after the game and all that so I think it's uh, I was pretty fortunate to, to, to play there and uh, you know it's nothing but good things about Portland. So you had the connections to Riley from here and then you also had a connection to Wheeling is we're actually doing this up at our office normally we record these via Zoom but if you look up to the picture on your right side there you may see your captain from last season was celebrating the 2016 Eastern Conference Championship with us Johnny Mack John McCarron what was he like as a teammate Johnny have his teeth in that picture uh, yes he did <laughs> I believe he got those knocked out his first year in Florida Oh really? I yeah. think so. John, Johnny's awesome. He uh, he was definitely the leader of our team last year, and uh, he's he's a darn good card player too. I, I I could embark at the big boy table in the back of the bus, but um, but yeah, Johnny was always taking everyone's money. You're gonna see them in a few weeks. You guys are gonna go down to Florida. What's that gonna be like? Are you looking forward to playing against him, or maybe not so much because he is a big human being? Uh. Yeah, I'm looking forward to play against him. I just hope he doesn't dump any pucks in my corner because that, that, that's, that's a pretty big guy coming down to hit you. So He is a heavy guy on the forecheck. And it mentioned that he was your captain last season. You guys just named your captain today, as a matter of fact, Austin Fighting. What was that moment like in the locker room to be able to have that happen? And uh, what was your action for the boys? Uh, yeah, the boys, the boys are really excited that that, that fight's got the C. And uh, it's, it's kind of funny because fight spot all the boys tacos today so there's a bit of a joke going on that <laughs> you got to buy someone tacos to get the sea around here but no we're really excited I mean, he's, he's been a great leader for us all year is that the taco tuesdays from neely's that that is the taco tuesdays that is perfect good for him and obviously like you said he's a good leader for you guys uh, did you get a chance to see the expression on his face how was the announcement made uh, was it made in front of everybody uh, yeah, it was actually. We were in the in the locker room following practice. Uh, we had a good good twirl at the Wheeling Park today. Uh, it's kind of fun to play a little bit, you know, out, outdoor rink, semi outdoor rink. And then we were all uh, sitting around the locker room, and then uh, uh, Coach Frenchy came in and announced the assistant and captains. And I think we're all we're all pretty fired up to see. Uh, he had the jersey with the C on it already, so he showed showed up to the boys, and then had a nice picture taken. And uh, I think the boys are pretty happy for him. That's outstanding. We're going to talk more about the Wheeling Park practice in just a bit because you're both Canadians, so I'm betting that there's both going to be some stories about playing outside from your growing up. But for the moment, we're going to take a quick break and come back with more of the Wheeling Nailers Power Hour. It's presented to you by the 19th Hole. Don't forget, Nailers in action on the road Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday this week, but back home Tuesday, Friday, and Saturday of next week. Get your tickets at wheelingnailers.com. This is the Nailers Broadcast Network presented by Main Street Bank.
Segment number two of the Wheeling Nailers Power Hour as we get ready for another three-game week on the rinks with the Indy Fuel on the road on Wednesday and then the Fort Wayne Comets on Friday and Saturday. The boys will be back in town next week for Tuesday, Friday, Saturday. Same order of the opponents, the Fuel first and then the last two against the Comets. We are hanging out on this week's show with Francois Brassard and Adam Smith and We've talked going into the break how you guys had your Wheeling Park practice, which actually those have been more few and far between this year than they have in previous seasons. But getting a chance to go outside, and Adam, you and I were talking off the air, that was something that you really enjoyed today, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah it was pretty cool. Um, I, I kind of got uh, fully dressed at the rink and then hopped in the car thinking we were going to be completely outdoors. But um, no, it was, a cool, it was a cool spot, and we, we, we even saw some golfers out there. Really? Uh, yeah, there's a there's a threesome walking by, so it was pretty neat. Did you grow up playing on the ponds, or was that something? Were you uh, strictly an indoor child? No, I was I was always outside. My dad uh, my dad had built a, a few rinks growing up, and that's probably where I had le- where I had learned how to skate. And um, and then we just got a cottage uh, in the past couple of years, so we have a a nice a nice size rink out on the lake. Really? So how in-depth did he go on building things? I've seen people build rinks, and some of them go all thorough with the board. Some just put a bunch of pieces of wood or some snow piles. What did your rink look like? So uh, the, the first one he made was, was was a smaller one. It was in the front yard. And then um, as I got bigger and, and my neighbors next door, they had, uh, they had two boys that were a bit younger than me. So we kind of combined our, our supply and theirs. And I don't know, it was probably like 40 by 70. It was, it was a good size. What's it like playing outside? There's got to be something different about the outside as opposed to playing inside. What is it? Uh, the beer stays cold. <laughs> <laughs> Fair answer. I like that. We'll take that. Brass, did you play outside growing up? Uh, yeah, actually, my dad uh, built a backyard rink uh, for us. Nothing nothing crazy. We didn't have any uh, any boards or anything like that, but I think uh, that's where I learned to skate. And then, uh, obviously, I had two brothers, one older, one younger, so... Uh, I started skating in in the back do- in the back uh, yard rink. I was about two, um, so that's where I kind of learned to skate, just to try and keep up with my brother. Um, and uh, obviously, growing up, it was my only chance to play as a forward to to, to kind of <laughs> twirl around the outdoor rinks. So yeah, me uh, me and my younger brother definitely had a lot of hours on on the outdoor rinks. I was talking to one of my good friends, Dan Hickling, and he told me that your dad is very involved in the hockey world in Gatineau. He's a writer, is that right? Uh, yeah, he's a writer for uh, for the French newspaper there. He actually he's on the beat with the with the Senators, so he follows the Senators around uh, still to this day. So yeah, he's uh, still pretty involved. What was it like to grow up like that? You pretty much were born into the hockey world, weren't you? Uh, yeah, pretty much. And obviously, he was a goaltender. He's a goaltender as well. So they kind of pushed me. Well, he didn't really push me to be a goalie, but I kind of, kind of just wanted to do kind of like him. And uh, yeah, I got got a chance to go to a lot of Sens games and a lot of uh, got no Olympics games, and uh, you know, kind of follow him around the locker rooms while I was doing getting his interviews in. So I just kind of hang out the, in the locker room and you know get the feel for it as a, as a young age. So who uh, who did you get a chance to meet or you know idolize growing up as a kid going to the Senators games? Did you get any really neat one-on-one moments? Um, I was mostly trying to go meet you know people on the on the other teams that uh, you know I met Carey Price once when I was uh, about fourteen, uh, fifteen maybe. Um, but my biggest ones were uh, when he was covering the Gatineau Olympics. I would go in in the locker room and hang out with uh, Max Talbot and uh, you know those those guys and. Uh, I think it was a really cool experience. 
What made you want to put the pads on? Goaltending is a special position. Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously having my dad as a goalie. Um, my, other bro- my older brother is a, a forward, so I kind of just trapped him on in, in the backyard. And just uh, I knew right away I wanted to be a goalie. And then they kind of – I was uh, I was a pretty good forward too, so it was a little bit disappointing when I decided to go play nets and not, not be the forward. But you know, I haven't had a few coaches, uh, you know, be a little re- reluctant of, of my decision, but I think it paid off. How did the Adam Smith hockey story begin? Ooh. Um, probably my dad had built the rink. I, I have an older sister who's a figure skater. Okay. Um, and my house actually backs onto the local arena in town. So, um, I was always at the rink and I remember growing up when I was in kindergarten, uh, one of my best friends was playing hockey that year and I wasn't. So I, I wanted to play on his team the next year and, and that's just how I, I kind of got started. And I had an older cousin who was, who was big into hockey too and, and an uncle. So, um, and you know when you're younger and you got your older cousin that's who you look up to and want to be so um yeah i just wanted wanted to be just like them toronto area uh about an hour north of toronto okay so leafs fan growing up then still am all right (laughs) did you venture out to any of the major juniors around the area or were you pretty well focused on what you were doing and then glanced the nhl here and there uh so for me actually i never really had that option of, of major junior i I played single A hockey growing up until uh, about minor midget. I played a year double A and then and then triple A. So um, in, in Ontario, how it works is your minor midget year is, is your draft year to the OHL. So you have to be one of the top players in triple A hockey, and I wasn't even there yet. So um, yeah, major junior was never really never really on the table for me. And that led you to go to Bowling Green State University. We got it all right. I can't mm-hmm. tell you. I've got a couple of friends in this league who say everybody forgets to put the state in there, and they <laughs> just call it Bowling Green University. But that's not the case. So what led you to BG? Um, there was a defenseman in Newmarket, Sean Walker, who's uh, with the Kings now, and, and he's he lives about 15 minutes from me in, a, in the town over. And uh, he was a BG guy, and my uncle worked with his dad, actually. So there was a bit of a, a connection there, and um, BG was, was a pretty well res- well-respected school. Um, and I had gone on my, on my visit, and I loved everything about it, and, and I loved the, the atmosphere and, and what they were all about. So it was a pretty quick decision for me. I don't know if people realize how historic the program is, too, and some of the names that have gone through there. Before he became what he is today at Boston College, Jerry York started there as a mm-hmm. coach. Doc Emmerich started his career at BG. I mean, do they have a lot of shrines and looking back and really trying to sell, sell you on, hey, you know, this is a pretty neat spot of who's come here? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I wouldn't say that they necessarily have shrines, but um, like everyone knows that Jerry York is – is one of the longest tender coaches in Bowling Green, and uh, like they they have a lot of great alumni with Blake and Nelson Emerson and uh, um, name slip in my mind, but um, yeah, they they just have a lot of a lot of history and tradition. What's the life around school like? <laughs> uh, life around school is great. It's it's a university town. Um, there, there's not a whole whole lot more that's there. We're we're about 20 minutes south of of Toledo. So that's probably the biggest uh, city around. Um, but yeah, it's it's uh, it's a college town. There you go. Yeah. You went to Carleton, which is in Ontario. What was that school like, and what made you want to go there after you finished major junior? Um, yeah, for me it was uh, Marty Johnston, the coach at uh, at Carleton, that recruited me about 19 year old year. I was I was I was skating with a lot of guys, and I had a lot of ex teammates kind of stay in the Ottawa area. So in the summer, I never. 
really trained in, in Gatineau. I was crossing the river and going to Ottawa and skating at Carleton, and they let me use the gym all that, and then uh, working with their trainers. So I think I was pretty fortunate in that aspect and uh, gave me the option right away after, after Major Junior to go play pro. And um, he kept the door open for me um, to come back. So I think uh, I was pretty fortunate to, to go back there. Uh, fortunately, I couldn't, couldn't play that year as they had two uh, five-year-old, uh, two fifth-year goaltenders. So I kind of took the year off there and then started to, started strong the next year. And I think it's, it's probably one of the best decisions that I, I've ever made, I think, to get, to get my school done. And, uh, um, you know, after that, I think pro hockey is a little bit, you know, easier. You have that weight off your shoulder that – your after career is a little bit taken care of having that degree um but uh you know the life at, at carlton is a little bit different than this the uh schools in the states i mean it's not it's not a, there's not that many fans coming to the games um besides once or twice a year but uh you know it's it's a really good league and i think it's getting the respects that it deserves and year after year there's more and more guys that take advantage of a of our scholarships from from the chl so i think you know year after year it gets better and better in the States, the number one college sport is football. It's not even close. And then basketball pretty well falls in second. What about Canadian University? Is it take the rest of the country? Is is hockey the number one? Or are there other university sports to get a lot of attention? Um, I think the ones that get the, the most fans is uh, obviously the football games, uh, having those those Sunday, uh, Sunday Saturday games. But I think at, at Carleton, uh, they have the biggest uh, basketball program. They actually... They won 15 out of 17 national championships of the last 17 national championships. I think it's a it's a really big identity of Carlton is the basketball team being the best one every year. And I think we kind of, as a hockey team or a hockey program, kind of lived in their shadow a little bit as they were always winning. And uh, I think we were just kind of doing our own thing on our, on our, our ice sheet over there. But, um, yeah, obviously, um, yeah, but basketball was the biggest one for Carlton. Never would have guessed that in a million years. You? No. That's incredible. Yeah, crazy story. <laughs> Major Juniors, you had a pretty neat career there. You got to finish at home in Gatineau. That must have been really sick. Yeah, obviously. Uh, I mean, I played three years in, in Quebec City, and then uh, having the chance to play for Patrick Roy there, uh, he was probably the guy that turned me around and you know made me who I am today. And obviously he has, he has some character to him. And uh He's a, a bit of a hard hard coach to, to play for, and he likes his practice hard and long. And, uh, you know, he's uh, he's got to just keeps pushing you, and really if you're not winning, you're kind of in his way, and he's going to push you push you around. But, uh, yeah, I, I got I gotten the chance to finish off in Gatineau, uh, you know, living at home. Uh, I think uh, I left home when I was uh, 16, so I think it was nice to come back at, tw- at 20 and finally, finally live at home a little bit. Um, and obviously getting to play for Gatineau, a team I just grew up watching and being in that rink a lot when I was a kid and playing minor hockey in that rink, uh, I think it was just awesome. Do you know something about this guy? He had the fight on Sunday. Mm-hmm. He's now completed the career Gordie Howe hat trick. You don't have a goal. I got two goals. Oh, my. <laughs> I have zero. <laughs> yeah, um... A pretty wild story, actually. I got two goals the same year, my away year. Yeah, so the same season, two goals, three assists that year. Um, <laughs> what a incredible. stat line. Yeah. How nuts pretty is wild. that? Yeah, the way you pass the puck, I could see three assists. Yeah, I actually got pretty good career points. <laughs> That's awesome. How'd the goals happen? Um, the first one actually was on a on a penalty kill. I just kind of 
um, it was like a 7-5 game. I wasn't playing great, and I kind of just erased my entire game that I scored at the end. Uh, <laughs> I actually didn't even mean to score. I was on the PK just trying to win the game. There was about two minutes left, and I fired one down the glass, and it ended up going all the way in. So kind of just a little bank shot. Nice. And what about the second one? The second one, um, we were, I remember it. it was actually happened on February 28th as well. So the fight happened on February 28th. My dad texted me that that the other day fun fact <laughs> so i gotta fight <laughs> fighting a goal the same day but yeah pretty wild day um the second one was a, a tight game i think it was just 2-1 and uh we were in st john's yeah new brunswick and uh just got a rim and turned around there's no one in the middle so i fired a hard pass it went all the way down hit the middle bar <laughs> <laughs> you had no idea what you were getting into today did you smitty <laughs> Yeah, we got Frank over here bragging. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't bring it up. (laughs) They're incredible stories, and it it just you know makes some of the experiences that just that much more incredible. What are some of the highlights that you've gotten to experience, whether it's from an individual standpoint, whether it's from a team standpoint? Some of the moments in your hockey career that really stick out to you. Um, I actually scored from my own end with the goalie in net once, so. Is that good? Yeah, that's pretty good. (laughs) Um, Glass or no glass? No, no glass. I remember I actually, we were hemmed in our own end, and I went to, like, shoot for a stick for my winger to tip it in, and he had missed it. And I remember the puck going down, and I think it was Tim Thomas one time, like, slid to try and stop the puck that was on the ice, and it went off his inside leg, and I was picturing that as it went in, and it happened. So I need need some of that luck right now. But uh, (laughs) (laughs) other than that, um, my, my senior year of college, we uh, we made the tournament. I think it was the first time in, in 29 years for the program. So that was uh, that was a pretty cool moment. What did the fan base react like with that? And you know, the students I'm sure had to have been just completely jacked beyond belief. Yeah, we had, we had a really good following in Bowling Green. Um, the the community really supported us well, and um, we we had lost in the the WCHA championship in overtime, and so we weren't sure if we were going to make it because um, they, you can also make it by pairwise, which is the ranking system, and we weren't sure whether this other team had won or lost because that's, uh, that's how we would have got in. And so thankfully, the, the cards fell how they did, and, and we got in, and it was, it was pretty awesome. That's neat. What's it like to play on the national stage? It was sweet. We were in uh, – our site was Allentown, Pennsylvania, so I think that's where Lehigh Valley plays. Yep. Um, and so – I. Th- we had we had flown out and and there was a bunch of fans that took a bus out and um, and my folks came down down to support and it, it was just a really good really good weekend. Do you kind of feel like when you play on a stage like that and you've got ESPN covering the game, do you kind of have that aha moment of you know this is actually a really big deal going on here? Oh, for sure. Um, I remember skating out for for the national anthem in the starting lineup and it was uh, it, there weren't so many fans because it was a neutral site. Um, but it was definitely you, you had a lot of butterflies in your stomach because because you, you realized how how big the single game elimination is. Were you after the outdoor game in Toledo, or was that during your career there? That I was after. Um, so my freshman year, I actually joined the team at Christmas, so I came in for the for the second semester, um, and I think that happened in the first semester. So I just missed it. What would that have been like to play outside? That would have been cool. Would have been really cool. A little bit like today, but uh, yeah, I, it's too bad I missed it. Where would you want to go outside? Because they've hit a lot of really neat places with the NHL. They just did Lake Tahoe. If you could play anywhere outside, where would you want to go? 
Oh, it's got to be like Lake Louise, Alberta, Alberta. Yeah, That'd really pretty. I think Lake Tahoe was pretty neat, but it looked like it was a little hot. I think like yeah. Lake Louise and Alberta would be pretty cool with the mountains. Or Rideau Canal. Rideau Canal. Would be, yeah, I I used insane. to go there every every winter with my family and skate. My sister w- went to U of Ottawa too, so oh wow, I've uh, I've skated on the canal many times. It's a great rink. <laughs> no kidding. What about a stadium? Mafia. Bill's Mafia. Bill's Mafia Stadium, probably. Yeah, New yeah. Era. That World Junior game there was unbelievable. It's where they played the first Winter Classic, too, with Penguins and the Sabres and the snow falling and Crosby scoring. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. It's a good one for the organization. It's a good note to finish on segment number two of our Wheeling Nailers Power Hour, presented to you by the 19th hole. We've got Francois Brassard and Adam Smith with us today. We're going to learn about a little bit more of these guys and their lives off of the ice in our final segment, as this is the Nailers Broadcast Network, presented by Main Street Bank. Final segment of our Wheeling Nailers Power Hour this week. We will not have a show next week as the Nailers will be playing on Tuesday at home, which is our day to record. But you can watch them next week at home on Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday. Get your tickets at wheelingnailers.com as we'll see our rivals, the Indy Fuel and the Fort Wayne Comets. We'll finish up this week's show. Our guests are Francois Brassard and Adam Smith. And I always like to find out about what you guys are like away from the rink. So you both had a long summer to play with this year. So what activities did you get into as you were away from the rink this summer? Uh, I, I golfed a lot this summer. Okay. Um, I, I had a pretty good routine of, of training Monday Monday through Friday and then uh, mixing a golf game or two or three in there. And um, then I'd head north to the cottage. And uh, as soon as I get into the cottage, I'd, I got a little fishing boat out. So um, I'd go s- spend most, usually Friday night, Saturday and Sunday out on the lake fishing. There you go. So you got some outdoor activities in you. That's good. How's the golf game? Not where it should be. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it's all right. Uh, I'm excited for, for the warmer weather here and to get out with the guys and, and get playing because it's, uh, it's definitely a great way to spend an afternoon yeah you'll get a chance to go up to ogilby and check out those courses so i'm sure you'll get a chance to enjoy that yeah i haven't seen those yet but uh we got a couple guys that are out there right now actually very good checking out the course so scoping it out getting you guys to lay the land so you know exactly how to play the courses they're not easy though i will warn you ahead of time man they (laughs) they will definitely get you frustrated at different points in time brass what did your summer look like what'd you do uh, a little bit of the same, actually. I played a lot of golf, and uh, it was kind of tough in Ottawa to get get to the gym. I think uh, the gym at Carlton just reopened, so I couldn't get in the gym this summer much. So it was kind of a home gym type situation. And then, yeah, so I played played some golf and tried to stay on the ice. Um, I'm more of a social golfer, though. Not really, <laughs> not really in there to win it, but I'll go, I'll go, I like to go and you know hang with my friends and have have a good time out there. Is golf something that you guys have just kind of picked up now as you've turned pro? Was it something maybe when you started college, or when did that come into the repertoire? Um, yeah, I think obviously I played like growing up, but nothing too too crazy. And um, yeah, obviously ever since I became pro, I think I have a little bit more time on my hands, especially in the summer. Um, so yeah, I think it's more of a, a social aspect where all the guys are talking about it around the rink so you kind of you know, feel like go, go go and play with the guys from that you work out with or that you skate with what about for you um my, my older cousin that, that i mentioned earlier was a big golfer and, and so is my uncle so um i'd always played growing up playing with them and um and, and now more recently all my my best friends growing up from from elementary school they, they actually work at golf courses so i've been able to save a few bucks and and hop out with them on their courses and, and play quite often so 
So you haven't had a chance to really get out too much yet in terms of the golf style, and you guys are a, limit, a little bit limited of what you can do while you're here. So what does that mean for activities when you're inside the apartments or when you were inside the house and not on the uh, lake this summer? We've uh, we've been playing a lot of cards at the lofts. A lot of card games have been going on, and uh, I, I think I got to learn how to play Catan because that seems to be a pretty popular. Yeah, one. yeah. Who bought? Who, someone bought Catan. Yeah, fights did. Fight, fights he bought Catan, and Captain, just, man. we've been playing Catan like every two days at least. We have a good group. But try to get in there a little. What bit. is Catan? Catan's a board game. Yeah, so it's uh, you know, we play whatever four to six people and try and build build stuff on the board, and it's pretty entertaining. Try and build stuff on the board. Are you diving into this yet, or are you? This is you haven't seen Smitty play yet. I, I don't know how to play yet. Apparently, a, I got to download the app before I can yeah, join yeah, the big you, boy table. You can learn on the app pretty quick, but uh, I think playing um, it's a pretty easy game to pick up, and, and there's a lot of ways to win. So everyone everyone's kind of in the game, the whole game. So um, yeah, it's a pretty mindless mindless game to just sit around and you know have good chats and try and try and win the game. So you build things, and there's an app. Give, give me, give me a little bit more on this. What are we building? Are we building? Uh, it's a, you can build uh, four things. So you can build a road, you can build a settlement, and then you can upgrade your settlement to a city. And there's a there's a whole point system going on, and a couple different uh, development cards they call it. So they can kind of throw the game a little bit, uh, so, um, you know, throw some curveballs in there. But uh, it's a you know it's a pretty mindless game, easy game to pick up. The app is just to play online or against computers and to try to just learn the game pretty fast who's good at this thing um apparently kuz has won kuz won yesterday he's he had a dominating performance yesterday (laughs) but it kind of goes with it's a dice or it it really goes um it's you it's kind of some luck you kind of need some luck and to make to make proper trades so um if you're getting your rolls and you're, you're pretty much set but uh yeah he pulled a fast one on this yesterday really I had an interesting chat with him and Patrick Watling. He were they were my last power hour, and uh, Shane's bet. kind of uh, <laughs> Shane's kind of sneaky. I, I didn't realize uh, he, he can kind of get some in on you, and that was uh, yeah. that was interesting to watch. <laughs> the piano man. Did you guys know that? No. Yeah, I've seen his keyboard set up. He's got it set up. Oh, in his I did see a keyboard the other day. I didn't ask him to play though. Yeah, I'm, I've been him. trying to get my hands on a guitar. I got one in my room. Okay, I'll. Be- I'll make my way in there. There you go. You're a music guy? Uh, no, I've tried to learn the guitar four or five times. I, I'm not any good, but um, I, I can do a little bit, but I would never consider myself a guitar player. What's the roadblock? Chords frustrate you? Not being able to find music you like? What's the, what's the roadblock? Uh, my hand. My hand hurts all the time when I'm trying to play, and I miss a string, and then I get mad, and... It's just, uh, it's pretty frustrating. I, I have a lot of respect for people that, that can play instruments, so. But you wanted to at least give it a try. Uh, I took a class my senior year uh, year of college <laughs> to try and learn it. Very classic. <laughs> yeah, I did need need an extra credit there, but uh, I just couldn't get the hang of it. And I played a lot during quarantine. Right when we got home, we were, we were pretty locked down. So uh, a lot of YouTube videos, and I had another friend that, that had uh, bought a guitar, and He's gotten pretty good at it, so I gotta I gotta catch up to him. Would you dabble in any other instruments, or are you dead set on the guitar? Uh, the guitar for the campfire. That's why I, I really want to be able to play the guitar. But okay. uh, I, I played the piano a little bit growing up, but uh, I'm not on, I'm not on Kuz's level at all. Gotcha. So you want to learn the guitar too, hey Brass? Actually, yeah, I have one at home. I, I wasn't able to bring it down as I had to fly in. Um, they wouldn't let me drive through the border, but. Uh, yeah, I uh, actually picked it up this summer. I bought like, I got a Costco guitar like years ago, and I never 
picked it up. I, didn't, I knew how to play as a kid. I had one, and I never, like, really got into it. And uh, I have a few buddies that are, like, pretty good pretty good at music. Uh, uh, actually, one of my uh, one of my ex-teammates is starting his own, uh, his own band. Um, shout out Boston Levi. <laughs> you got the hat. He's got new songs coming out on Friday. You guys should probably check it out. He's pretty good. And he, he was actually playing in Greenville um, earlier this year and then uh, retired to focus on music. So, um, yeah, I've been... Ever since he he kind of got me into it and uh, and you know gave me a few tips here and there, so I kind of picked it up, especially with quarantine this summer. So I was kind of sitting at home trying to learn the guitar a little bit, getting a little bit better. Um, I do miss playing a little bit, getting home playing guitar, and my dog used to love sitting around watching me play guitar, and she's pretty funny. So I like it. I like that we went the music path. I feel like not a lot uh, that we've gone has gone down that path i feel like we typically always go towards like a netflix or tv shows or a video game path so music that kind of adds a little bit of different spice to life but uh, did you guys go down either of those other two paths during the quarantine this year oh yeah video games big time video yeah. games what do you what's your games uh i've been playing a lot of uh you know all the sports games pretty much uh, nhl i play a lot of nba 2k and then obviously the call of duty it's been a big big part of quarantine i mean it's one way to keep in touch with your buddies <laughs> and you don't play nhl as yourself because nobody plays nhl as themselves because well you don't right <laughs> i mean i got my ultimate team card which is like a 99 goal you can't really not play with me but so, so i'm pretty set for my ultimate team there have you scored with yourself on the video game yet? No, no, no. no <laughs> okay, no. just wanted to make sure. That, that Finally, somebody actually admits to playing as themselves. I <laughs> I can't remember who I was asking the other week, but they said they won't play as themselves because their rating's like a 50, and they want to play with the guys who are the 90s. So I've always heard that. Are you a video game guy? Uh, I'm not not at all. I haven't touched my X. I have an Xbox, but I, I haven't touched it in, in almost a year now. I, I played a decent amount last year, but um, these guys are just too good. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's not it's not fun when you're not good. So, uh, I'll I'll do it like to socialize with the guys if everyone's playing NHL or something. But other than that, I'm not. Uh, it's not really a pastime for me. You lean towards the cards, and you talked about the guitar. Do mm -hmm. you, do you do anything television wise? Books? What else? Uh, I watch a lot of The Office. Okay. Yeah, I'm a big Office guy, which just came off Netflix here, so I had to I had to buy a Peacock subscription. So I'm on uh, another streaming site, but. Uh, yeah, I just if I'm watching TV, it's usually, I'll usually throw the office on. Stanley was here last year. Did you know that? I saw the the picture. I was pretty jealous. <laughs> and he was in a Super Bowl commercial. How about that? I know. What would that have been like to get a chance to meet him in your favorite show? Now, uh, I, pr I probably would have brought him a pretzel. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> it's pretzel day. <laughs> there you go. So a little bit of uh, of the office for you on the television side of things that keeps you cooking. What about uh, when you guys are on the road? You'll have a couple of short trips here, but there will be a few long ones later on where you will have to find something to keep yourselves occupied on the bus. Uh, yeah, I think I think the card games gonna come and play again. Card games uh, coming to play. We might have to bring Catan on the road for the hotel, but we have a day off on the road this week or something. But uh, that's right, you do Thursday. Yeah, yeah, the bus is a good setup. It's got a bus little table and, and stuff in the back, so it's it's really good for cards. Well, that works out pretty well then. Do you like to travel that way? I mean, I don't know how it was in Florida last year. Yeah, I, I enjoy the bus. Like it, we all get a bed and you just crawl in and if you want to socialize, you can go hang out in the back where there where there's couches and tables and if it's if you're ready to go to sleep, you just crawl in your bunk, close your curtain and I'm I'm happy doing it. I'd rather do that than than fly and stay awake and then go from the airport to here. Like it's it's real simple. Gotcha. Door to door. Have there been any cool places that you guys have had a chance to go to, whether hockey or non-hockey related? Um, 
I mean, yeah, I mean, visiting the, you know, the whole queue. I think I did the whole the whole Quebec, uh, whole all New Brunswick, pretty much uh, Nova Scotia and all that. I think I was when I was in the, in Cape Breton, we had a trip to Russia actually to play a tournament, Whoa. A, a preseason tournament in Russia. For so we were out there for about twelve days. Um, that was interesting, but was it cool? It was it was pretty cool. Um, playing in like a KHL rink and uh, it was in in Ufa. Um, and we played when you play the home team. You played like the seven p.m. game, and they have all their fans there, and you know, obviously they're singing the whole game. It's pretty cool. Wow, was that the neatest part of the trip, or was there something about being in Russia that was also cool? Uh, you wouldn't you wouldn't really wander around Ufa. I mean, it's a pretty pretty <laughs> gritty nitty gritty town, like, and then obviously you don't speak a lick of Russian going there. So we were we were fortunate. We had two Russian guys on our team. They were that would take us around a little bit, but uh, we didn't really get to see. Uh, I mean, we obviously we had a little bit of sightseeing, but was, there wasn't much to see in, in Ufa. Gotcha. Where have your travels taken you, Adam? Have you been, whether it's hockey or non-hockey, where have you gotten to go? Not not as exciting as Russia. I think uh, for for hockey, I've the probably the coolest place I've traveled was Alaska. We had, we had two Alaskan teams in in our conference uh, in college, so um, we'd go there. We go to each team about once a year. Gotcha. Okay. Well, I mean, it's a place I haven't had a chance to go to. They were in our league, and I never got a chance to make that trip. Oh no, uh, no, because they went before I was here. It, it's a neat spot. It's uh, well, Marino played there, so. Uh, I played against Marino in college, and um, yeah, it's depending on the time of the year. You don't get too much sun, or you only get the sun. So uh, I remember, I remember we we'd wake up, and the sun would just be just be rising, and we'd go to practice, and we'd leave practice, and the sun had already set. So it's up for about an hour or two a day at that time of year. That was baptism by fire for equipment manager Billy Higgins. That was the first time he ever stepped on a plane was to go all the way to Alaska. What a trip! Oh my gosh. <laughs> So he got that one uh, to start his flying career. I love always finishing up by talking about food. It is a show that is presented by a restaurant, of course, the 19th Hole. So you guys cook it all, or what's your favorite dish from home? Uh, I'm a, I keep it pretty simple. Um, you know, I'm a huge pasta guy. I probably <laughs> throw pasta in every meal somehow uh, <laughs> as a cider, usually the main. So, yeah, I use chicken parm, big-time chicken parm guy as a, in a restaurant. There you go. Do you cook it yourself? Uh, yeah, I keep it a little bit simpler when I cook. Uh, you know, just like bake some chicken and <laughs> throw I, a piece of cheese on throw, it. <laughs> throw call a piece it a day. Cheese. <laughs> there you um, go. Yeah, no, I'll keep it pretty simple in the house. There you go. What about you, Adam? Yeah, I enjoy cooking. Um, I, I like everything. Uh, so I, I don't, I don't. Everyone asks me what's my favorite food, and, and I never have an answer for them. I really like Chips Ahoy cookies, though. So you can go with that. <laughs> I don't know. Whoa, no nutrition there. <laughs> no, like meals-wise, I, I like everything. So I, I'm not picky at all. If it's in front of me, I'll eat it. Gotcha. You don't have a specific like the ultimate, uh, the ultimate meal, whether it's something cooked for you or by you. No, I don't know. Like a steak and a baked potato, maybe. Oh, yeah. but. Uh, Steak potato guy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a big sushi fan. Oh, like, yeah, sushi's up there, too. I, I got into the homemade sushi in, during quarantine. You can do home, that? So, yeah, it's pretty... What dude, room are you, 102? 102. All I don't right, have yeah, the stuff to over. cook. I don't have the stuff to make it here, though. No? That's the thing. It takes a lot of, takes a lot of stuff. <laughs> it's a lot of preparation for a little bit of sushi. I'd rather go eat all you can eat. Where'd you get the, uh, where'd you get the fish for it? Um, there's a bunch of markets. Uh, in Ottawa, there's a pretty big... Uh, you know Chinese markets and you just buy it you just buy like pre-made um, you know fish and it's like sushi whatever so you just go and get your get your sticky rice and, you, and your and your stuff and you just kind of do it at home do you have a specific fish that you like I'm a big tuna tuna guy yeah 
tuna. Yeah. There you go. Very good. I like it. It's a little bit of a little bit of steak, surf and turf. We got the the tuna yeah. sushi from Brass, and we got the steak and <laughs> potatoes from Smitty. I don't think you can go wrong there. You got the whole spectrum covered. Good stuff. Well, guys, I really appreciate you taking some time out of your day and letting the Nailers fans know a little bit about you, both on the ice and off of the ice. I hope you had fun today. I know I sure as heck did. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Thanks for having yeah, us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Keep uh, having those phones blow up. Great job uh, this weekend, both <laughs> in terms of the wins and uh, becoming social media sensations with uh, beating the snot out of an opposing goalie and celebrating like a nut, which I love it. Yeah, let's change roles next time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Good luck this weekend. Go kick some tail, and I know that the fans are excited to get back and support you next week. Great, thank you. Yeah, thanks, guys. All right, this has been Francois Brassard and Adam Smith, our guests on this week's edition of the Wheeling Nailers Power Hour presented by the 19th Hole. Nailers Hockey Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday this week. Tune in to all the broadcasts on Mix 97.3, which is part of the Nailers Broadcast Network presented by Main Street Bank.